This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Ah, yes, it is. A beautiful morning, Carol. Welcome. It's Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Mal. It's been a while. Hadn't seen you in a while. Yeah, a lot's been going on here. A lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. Glad glad to be back. Well, we've had holidays and just that and the other. uh, Yeah, it was Labor Day last week. That's right. And then you were away, and uh, Enrica Williams sat in as co-host once... I guess that was the last time we were live, but we've uh, we've been memorexed here lately. Yes, we have. <laughs> so, you know, this time of year we're trying to reason with hurricane season, and uh, as you know, we've been uh, Ida has made a huge impact on our part of the country as well as uh, the Northeast and all through uh, the central part of our country. It's just been devastating and. We certainly uh, feel for our friends, our cousins over in Louisiana, who've really had a hard time with this, and there are more storms brewing. But one of our great friends, Melissa Martin, Carol, has got uh, an initiative going to help out with her neighbors. Yeah, Melissa Martin, who is the owner and chef at Mosquito Supper Club, you know, wrote one of the most beautiful cookbooks of the last few years, the Mosquito Supper Club cookbook, which we've talked about a lot on this show. And, she, and we had her on the show. Yeah, we had yeah. her on the show. But, you know, she has really kept the history and food culture of the Terrebonne Parish area mm-hmm. alive. And they have been so hard hit. But she has started a fund. If uh, It's actually called Funds for Peoples of the Bayou. Okay. Funds for People, People of, the Bayou. of the Bayou. And you can find it on GoFundMe. But... They have people on the ground, social workers on the ground, who already live and work in that parish, and they are getting out funds and supplies to the people in need down there. So we have them on our mind, and once this COVID thing is finally over, I propose a road trip to New Orleans Okay, for you, Java, and me to eat at Mosquito Supper Club. Hey, that sounds like a winner. Something to look forward to. Java's nodding to the affirmative over there. Yeah, and just just coincidentally, I have been cooking a lot out of her book over the past couple of months. Well, do tell. Well, you know, this will come as you know a surprise to you, but I've never learned to cook beans like you have. You're you're the big slow cook hmm. man. One Box pot. car beans. Yeah. One pot. But if you look at the Mosquito Supper Club cookbook, I mean, she has transformed beans into an art form through the photographs. And so I've started doing her method of layering flavor and cooking the beans for an hour and a half to two hours. Um, I did some Lady Peas the other night. I did lima beans. And yet John suddenly thinks I'm like this great bean and pea cook so i've enjoyed it well there you go yeah, i know this is and how we I learn also cooked right? her From her crawfish others. etouffee which was really different because she she really does layer things by cooking one thing at a time down and you just start building on that you, know, you cook your onions for 10 or 15 minutes then right. you add the next thing huh. 
So you start with the onions and garlic, then you add the water and then the beans. Please explain. Well, she did, okay for the beans. For the beans, first she gets her pa- the pan really hot with nothing in it. Mm-hmm. Then you put in your your fat, whatever fat you're using. Right. Then you put in your onions, and you really cook them down longer than, you know, what you might normally so think. So you saute the onions before you add the water and the beans. Yes, you do. And th- and while you're doing your onions, you add bay leaves mm. and uh, maybe— But don't uh, burn the bay leaves. Be Good point, Mal. Be careful. Good point, Mal. And the bay leaves. yeah, then you you know you cook it cook for an hour and a half, but she finishes almost everything she cooks with Louisiana hot sauce. That is ah, her hot sauce from New Iberia, of, Louisiana. Uh, yes, it is. That's her hot sauce. Of, Isn't that funny? How we all sort of get in our hot sauce camps. Yeah. It's like mayonnaise almost. It is. It is. And and I never Don't really even bring that Tabasco around appreciated here. Appreciated the different to the Louisiana hot sauce till I I did what she she said and used it. It's a little bit sweeter. Mhm. I think that's it, right. It, there's not it's, there's fire but it's a different kind of fire. Well, you know, Tabasco of course in on Avery Island and then uh Crystal in New Orleans, and then Louisiana in New Iberia, and then Cajun Chef is in New Iberia. Yeah. So, and you and I are crystal people. We are crystal people. But I have recently been eating this uh, family uh, blend, this special eight-year aged in oak barrels Tabasco, which uh. has really gotten my attention. You know, it's different. But, but I'm still a crystal man. At yeah, heart. yeah. Uh, but but let, let me mention the crawfish etouffee because I had one of my mountaintop cooking experiences while we've been apart. Oh. And that was uh, Leanne Galt, who is one of the founders of Cooking and Coping. The queen. And he, she of is the queen cooking. and a queen of home cooking, came to, uh, to Edwards, Mississippi, where I stay. Yep. At, for the weekend, and we put up pear preserves. Which was way too much fun. It was like an old timey, you know, quilting bee sitting around peeling pears. But the best thing was we made uh, a crawfish pie. And you talk about mm. delicious. Wow. Yeah. Tell us about your crawfish pie. It was Melissa Martin's crawfish okay. etouffee, which I had on the in stove. A, in a crust. And then we said, why not do a crawfish pie? So. It was delicious, and I have the pictures to show for it. I've seen those pictures on Cooking and Coping. Ah. What's the latest from Cooking and Coping, Carol? Well, it's still growing. It's very active. A couple of interesting things. We have a new poster from Thailand. Have you seen his his post? I cannot say that I have. They are absolutely gorgeous. Photographs. Uh, lots, lots of photographs of uh, fresh food. It's just so amazing what they do with color and fresh herbs and fruit. So I highly recommend you do that. Well, you know, we talked about uh, Thai cooking a little bit last uh, show with Enrica because we were the, 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 we were actually talking about catfish. But I talked about one of my favorite catfish dishes ever was at a Thai restaurant in Covington, and it's called Spicy Catfish Thai Style with peanuts. And a hot Thai sauce. It's just, and it's thin fried. Oh, my goodness. Well, so glad you mentioned the peanut because guess what today is? Uh, I don't know, Carol. What it's is National the... Peanut Day. Of course it is. <laughs> All of our listeners what know that. What a great setup. Mm. 
Well, you know, speaking of nuts, uh, Kevin Farrell keeps making cookies every week for us and brings them in for us to eat on Monday mornings. Today he made an almond cookie with an Italian cherry on the top. Have you had one? I have not seen. I have not oh my seen goodness. mine. They're out on the table. They're they're yeah. very well. Very we good. should have told him it was National Peanut Day. Although I do love love an almond, but hats off to George Washington Carver and the work he did in the early part of the century introducing the peanut. Absolutely. Yeah, he really started uh, by thinking that it was going to be a crop that could save the South. And um, I I love to go back and look. He wrote this treatise on 105 things to do with the peanut in in terms of cooking because he did a lot of other things like made all sorts of products out of the right. peanut. Yeah, I remember. I remember from studying him in, in yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. But um, number 51 on the list of 105 things to do to cook with peanuts. Number 51. Number 51 is peanut butter. Ah, that was a novel idea. Think it'll go anywhere? I have no idea, but <laughs> number 105 is salted peanuts. Ah. Two ah. of my favorites. Two of my favorites. I mean, he also had... Peanut bread, peanut bisque, peanut consomme, peanut pudding, peanut Oof. sausage, liver with peanuts. My but goodness. number 51 and number 105 are my favorites. And spicy Thai catfish with spicy peanuts. Spicy Thai catfish and also one of my favorites is Thai peanut sauce. Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious. To dip with meat. In the opening, I said that you could shoot us an email, but I didn't give you the address. Our address is... Food at mpbonline.org. So you can shoot us an email, you can call us on the phone, or you can mail us a snail mail. Carol, you've got mail. Yes, I've got mail that came here to MPB World Headquarters. And uh, I want to thank Rick Durden from Beaumont, Mississippi. And I wanted to read what he says because it has already spawned in the past 10 minutes a beautiful idea. Carol, first, I must say that Deep South Dining is the finest show that Mississippi Public Radio has rolled out. Congratulations to you and Malcolm. Yay! I am downsizing my library and propose to send the books on the attached list so that you may find a good home for them. If you're agreeable, let me know where you wish them shipped. And I just glanced over this list, but Rick Durden must be an amazing cook and food lover because these are some of the finest. What a collection. Not just, not just cookbooks, but writings by Ruth Reichel, who was editor of Gourmet Magazine. John MF, Yeah, and... MFK Fisher. So Love MFK. We thank you, Rick. And right before we came in the booth, Malcolm had what I think is a brilliant idea that we might start, and that is some kind of a cookbook swap. T- tell a little bit about your idea. Well, I, th- I was thinking about the free the tiny library concept and uh, of cookbooks. So it could be like a, uh, an online book cookbook swap where people could – donate cookbooks as they're downsizing their library or if they have two of anything like a lot of times you and i will get a cookbook sent to us by proposed by an editor about a certain chef and you'll get one and i'll get one and so 
we could donate one of those two to this effort of having sort of a, yeah. a, a cookbook swap. And we could do it at public gatherings. We could do it online. We could do it any number of ways. Yeah, we'll, we'll flesh that out and see if we get Java's blessing. I can already see that, that he's, he's all in. Good, good. That's great. So anyway, we, we appreciate Rick writing, listening to our show, taking the, the time to write to us. And you've also got another piece of correspondence, I think, that uh, did this come to Cooking and Coping, or did, was this an email to you? It was an email uh, to – it was an email through Cooking and Coping. And this is from Charlotte Duck Pelton, and she lives in – or around Palm Beach or West Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. And she's, she's reached out a couple of times, but she uh, mentioned the Sean Brock interview that we did and that was rerun a Recently. few, weeks, yeah, a few mm-hmm. weeks ago and how much it, it meant to her. But this, this is what I wanted to read to you. Deep South Dining has brought me such pleasure and true reconnection to my roots in Mississippi as I now realize I lost having lived in South Florida for so long. You, Malcolm, and Java brought me back to appreciate what Mississippi means to me, and I thank you all. That's touching. Yeah. It, it, it's good it to get is. mail. It is good to get mail, and it's good to see people like Charlotte Duck Pelton on Cooking and Coping, connecting with people all over the country. Now, did you tell me you went to high school with her? I did. I, we didn't know each other well uh-huh. in, in high school, but I you know, noticed her on Cooking and Coping, and she she has, has really been one of the stars doing you know, beautiful work. Great. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Chef Enrica Williams will join us. She is somewhere between Jackson and Atlanta on her way back from the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. We also... Want to hear from our listeners. Remember, this is your show, What's Going On in Your Kitchen, as we segue between summer and fall. Uh, Give us a call if you're interested. We'd love to have you on, or if you just want to shoot us an email or snail mail, we're happy to receive all of the above. So stay tuned. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White with my skillet buddy, Carol Puckett. Hey, Carol. Hey, Mal. How in the world are you? I hadn't talked to you in, a, in two or three minutes. two or three minutes. I'm good. I'm good. I see Real you good. haven't moved. That's always good. Yeah. I hate it when I look up and you're gone. <laughs> it does not work for me. All right. I guess on the road, uh, Chef Enrica Williams is uh, going to join us now via the telephone, the technology. What's going on, Enrica? How, how are your travels? I am good. I was uh, just explaining to Java that I'm stationary for right now. I, um, I'm still at the hotel, so once I finish talking with you all, um, I have a lunch and a few things to do before I actually um, head back to Jackson. So it has been quite the weekend um, so being here. tell us about yeah. the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. So... Uh, <laughs> Long story short, my uh, my understanding is that it's been around for like 
16 or 17 years, um, it is probably, I'm just going to be biased here and say, one of the most premier um, food and wine festivals in the Southeast, withstanding, you know, other ones, but it's like, it's huge. Um, Last year, they did not have it because of um, COVID, so everyone was super excited to um, to come out to support and also to um, to be a participant in the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. And what it does is that it spotlights a lot of the local um, restaurants in Atlanta, but it also has um, people from different um, parts of the country and parts of Georgia and sometimes parts of the world. They come and they do tasting tents. Um, for two days, and then there's also other um, fun interactive um, events and chef dinners at different locations and restaurants in the city. Well, I was so pleased to see uh, not only Enrica Williams, but Eddie Wright Barbecue was, Mm -hmm. I I mean, y'all represented us well, and, you know, I, I was actually at the first Food and Wine Festival and actually led a panel at that. And looking on the website, it's amazing how much it's changed and how big. You know, the first few years, it seemed like it was kind of an an insider foodie event. And now uh, just Mm -hmm. seeing the public event, and I was trying to visualize where you were. Were you in a tent in that park? Yes, so the location changed this year. Typically, it was in Piedmont Park. This year, it was in Historic Fourth Ward um, Park, and it is off of, uh, it's close to Glen Iris, in the Fourth Ward um, part of uh, Atlanta. It's um, very close to a beautiful um, market called Pont City Market, which is is in a converted um, electric, building i think but it's a huge it's a huge beautiful park but it was intimate enough that um people felt you know close enough but it was spaced out enough where socially distancing and just lending you know itself to um an, a really amazing experience there were like over a hundred tents there well, there's um, one question on our mind, and I'm speaking for yeah. my colleagues, Java and Malcolm. What did you cook? <laughs> well, so tell I, us my, tell us about it so we can... It was blazing out there. So I did a chilled um, gazpacho, actually. I did a, an heirloom ah. tomato gazpacho, and I put some watermelon in it. It had some watermelon from uh, Mississippi, of course. And um, I made um, a crab relish that I put some more melon and um, heirloom tomatoes in, and I smoked an olive oil um, that was a nod to my favorite, uh, one of my favorite chef guys, Louis Bruno, put me on to smoking my own olive oil. And I miss him, so I wanted to do something to just kind of um, just give me that, you know, that honoring of him and um and i just put some sea salt and we had some local microgreens so it was a chill Mm. um dish we fed the first day 1500 people and we were out at 4 45 and the festival ends at five o'clock wow Uh, wow you cut it close yeah well we we are so we're so proud of you and so uh you know proud that we can claim you, I know you've worked in Atlanta and all over, but we claim you as one of our 
finest and best Mississippi chefs. Well, she's from the Black Prairie, you know, West Point. She Surely is we're the claiming Black her. Prairie, of course. I mean, no, no one else can claim Enrica. Uh, but I know we also want to know, did you see Eddie Wright? I did. So this is a, a very fascinating thing. Um, you know, I have to do the, the, the shout-outs, definitely. Um, Dr. Ricky Pigpen with uh, Visit Jackson and Jonathan Pettis. And some uh, two other, I'm sorry, ladies, the staff members was for, from Visit Jackson. They were there supporting and encouraging us, and they represented the city on a um, on a hospitality um, standpoint. So they had um, a whole, we had a whole space out there that we were just showcasing Jackson in the finest ways. And I was super proud and honored to be a part of that. So Eddie Wright. Um, actually competed in this barbecue competition, so our tents were pretty close together, but not too close. Um, they had a section of the uh, the participants that were in the barbecue. They had an area, and also um, Johnny T's um, from uh, Johnny T's the restaurant also. So it was three chefs. It was myself, um, Johnny T's, and Eddie Wright's barbecue that were in attendance at the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. And I think that just speaks volumes of showing people because they were, like, both surprised and shocked at the offerings. And we were very hospitable, if, if I should say so myself. Well, we are we the city. Hospitable. City was so Still, like, you know, um, it was it was such a vibe. It was such a space. Um, it was beautiful. The the weather was su- it was very sunny, but it was breezy. The park was outstanding. The, just the whole experience of the um, of the festival was amazing. Each one of us got to do a demo. Uh, <laughs> we demonstrated a different dish of our choosing. So we did on um, Publix was a sponsor in Sub Zero, and they created they had a tent, you know, where you can do demos. And each one of us was able to do a fun thing that we wanted to do. So that was also really special that each one of us from Jackson got to showcase ourselves in a cooking demo. Um, because there were, for the two days, there was a total of maybe eight chefs, give mm. or take, that were doing demos, and we took up three of those slots for that. So we, we really showed, yeah, we really showed, and, and I think people were pleasantly surprised. I imagine you showed, but you probably also showed out, if I had to, uh, to I, guess. You know, I, I was so, I had an amazing experience i have friends here i have family here i went to school here so um i there was a moment for me um my instructor that taught me international uh cuisine at the art institute of atlanta he has a cooking institute called the schuler institute um chef master chef daryl schuler is one of the only master chefs in the entire world i think it's either 26 or 32, I'm sorry if I can't remember the exact number, but it is a very small number of Master Chef certifications. And I got to see him. I haven't seen him since I graduated back in 2004. And I saw him, and I got to thank him. And I told him what I was doing in my career and how important his visibility and his um, his professionalism and just his whole work ethic was in just um, helping me in my own uh, culinary journey. So that was a beautiful moment for me to be able 
to to reconnect and just to have like this full circle moment because I went to the food and festival if I'm correct I think when it first started as a student or like a young chef I was working at Emeralds I believe so to come back and to have a, a space to show yourself and then get to um show one of your um, instructors who you really respect um it was it was a lot. It was beautiful. It was great. And there was amazing food and dreams. <laughs> well, that's great. And I know it was special for you to return to Atlanta um, as a featured chef, having gone to uh, the culinary school there and sort of return and, and revisit and reconnect as, as an accomplished chef and an accomplished person, professional in your in, in your career. So congratulations to you and, and to all of the, the Jackson folks oh, yeah. who, who went to Atlanta, uh, Chef Byron Myrick from Johnny T's and Eddie Wright and certainly Chef Enrica Williams. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for joining us this morning. And look, be safe coming home to Jackson. Yeah, and Thank you can you. deliver our chill gazpacho. Yes. Uh, to MPB. And I wanted, I had a conversation about gazpacho last week with someone who was reminding me that my brother Hal used to make this gazpacho that was really good, but he would also make this cold, uh, what he called Bloody Mary soup, where he'd put mm-hmm. vodka in it, and he also made a gazpacho and put crab meat in it. Um, uh, yep. But anyway, what I, you're talking about sort of reminded me of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and and there, and there was some. There wasn't really elements of the Bloody Mary, but I did put like a little bit of like the celery seed. But it did not taste mm. like Bloody Mary. It was more. I just wanted to be like super clean because it did have watermelon in it. But right, I wanted right. a bit of bite to it. So I'm wow. Like I, I'm I'm glad to to hear that. I had no idea, and I'm just. It makes me feel good that there's a connection there, even with the choosing of that, and that resonates with you in some way. Absolutely. So well, as always, we appreciate you, Enrica, and thanks so much for taking the time to call, and congratulations on your uh, presentation and your time spent at the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival. Uh, the city of Jackson, the city of Seoul, was there, well represented, not only with Enrica, but also <laughs> with uh, pitmaster Eddie Wright and Chef Byron Myrick of Johnny T's. All right, next up, we'll talk with Chris Washington as he has turned his passion into an exciting brunch event. I love a good brunch, Carol. How about oh, you? Me too. He also makes delicious cheesecakes. So we will uh, look forward to having Chris Washington up next. He's in the studio, so stay tuned, and we will be right back. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast. AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining, Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. Love that intro. Soul food. That's right. Up next, a fellow DJ friend of Java, Java's, uh, Chris Washington. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Hey, how's it going? It is real good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Excited to be here. So the pandemic for you 
uh, introduced you to uh, a sort of little side hustle. Is that right? This little cooking thing that you do with brunch and with cheesecakes. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, it became a it became a uh, everyday thing now. You know, um, it was uh, something that I wanted to do. Um, really started with just my, you know, just doing something at home. Uh-huh. And you know, the pandemic kind of shut everything down. It's well slowed everything down. Right. Um, I'm a chef at Bravo. Oh, so okay. We were constantly working during the pandemic, giving you know caterings and things of that nature. Uh, family meal, uh, family meals, and so forth. But um, my wife, she were she was working at the airport, and okay. you know the airport kind of shut down yeah. and everything. And my son wasn't going to school, so everybody was at home while I'm working. And I'm like, you know, we all need to work on something, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> but uh, but no, nah, we were. I was um, I was just. Uh, it came to mind when um, you know you know. You know, uh, working at a restaurant, you you kind of get the ins and outs of things. Uh, you come up with creative ideas on putting recipes together or just being around people and just listening to them talk about, you know, foods and desserts and things of that nature. So um, it just came it just came to me and it, it hit me like a light bulb. I was like, you know what? We need to do something with desserts. So you started making cheesecakes. I started making cheesecakes. Yeah, because I I'm originally from Columbus, Mississippi. Oh, okay. Um the Golden Triangle. There you go. <laughs> and um I me and in the past me and my cousin, well, currently too as well, but me and my cousins, we always uh we always eat out. And we always end up getting desserts, uh, whether it be banana puddings or cheesecakes, cookies, ice cream, no matter what it is. Mm. Um, one of my favorite restaurants was, um, still is, the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Um, I've been, I've stayed in numerous cities and states. And when I'm um, moving out of Mississippi and coming back into it, I what it, I was thinking there was going to be a cheesecake factory here, nah. and I was highly disappointed. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was highly disappointed, and I was like, you know what? Uh, why is there no cheesecakes in Jackson? And um, I started working with Bravo, and I, you know, with Bravo, we also are connected with Salad Mookies and also with Broad Street. Sure. Well. Yeah. And we have we have cheesecakes there, you know. Um, and though in the chefs that come up with those recipes for those cheesecakes, they do a wonderful job and so forth. And and sometimes, you know, I I sit there and I'm like, man, I wish you could make this, or I wish you could make that. And I just got tired of just wishing and just started. You doing just it. did it. Yeah, I just started doing it. You know, <laughs> Java. What's the cheesecake guy down in Hattiesburg? We've had him on a few times. Chris, do you yeah. know this uh, cheesecake maker? And they they ship them all over. Yeah, I, I I remember because we had him on a couple times. Um, yeah. Let me let me ponder that. Yeah, my memory's not that. It good. seems like you ought to be connected with these people. Okay, they, okay. They uh, they ma- they make these wonderful cheesecakes and ship them all over. So oh. you ask at Bravo if you could start making cheesecakes? Yes, just yeah. <laughs> um, I was talking. You raise your hand. I raised my <laughs> hand. Yes, I what I did. I was talking to my um, my head chef. Um, Matt and he was we were doing you know our basic annual reviews and so and he was like you know what is something that you would like to do within the company and I was saying you know hey let me make desserts 
and I put it on my review two years in a row. <laughs> and it was early, i say about early this summer, he looked at me, he was like, all right, I'm going to give you a shot. It was like, just, just come on and make a cheesecake and let's, let's see how it goes or whatever. I was like, okay, great. So uh, I think the, tur- the ch- uh, cheesecake that I made was uh, the turtle cheesecake. Um, and it it... Oh, it did amazing. Yeah, it did amazing. More than what I really expected. It was. Um, I wasn't really expecting the 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 turnout for it, but it was real great. So they run it as a special dessert, or and what we do? We um, every week we try to change it up. Um, uh, all the head managers, uh, as far as chefs wise, we we kind of change the recipes up or whatever. So this week will be this, next week will be that. You know, so it's so. like a cheesecake of the week. Yeah, kind of like a cheesecake of the week, and that's pretty much um, that's pretty much how we do at Bravo. And I was kind of I was like, well, some of these recipes, you know, we could actually try to keep, but you know, but I can understand people's taste buds are a little bit different. So you know, thus. Michael Cordell Eats comes into an effect, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just keep this here. <laughs> just FYI, the place in Hattiesburg is Cotton Blues Cheesecake. Do you remember? We, we've okay. had those on, but 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 that's great. So so then you you start um, you're making the cheesecakes because you're passionate about it. It's during the lockdown, you're working with your family, and then you at your day job uh, at Bravo, you said you'd like to start making them. So you begin to experiment with making those cheesecakes. Then it evolves into what you call Michael Cordell Eats. Is that right? Yes, it evolved into Michael Cordell Eats. Um, uh, my brother, um, he's a marketer and graphic designer. He was the one that kind of came up with the idea of the name. So Michael is my son's middle name. Okay. Um, everybody looks at me like, hey, Michael. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll answer, but, you know, it's not my name. <laughs> You're not Michael Cordell. I'm not Michael Cordell. But I am Cordell. My middle name is Cordell. Oh. Okay. And Eats is pretty much what we do. So, <laughs> and, and you do the cheesecakes through that as well as the brunches? Yes. Um, what we do, um, the cheesecakes are pretty much like our, you know, our face. Uh-huh. Of our your signature business. item. Yes, yeah. our signature item. So, we do our uh, cheesecakes um, as our signature item, but we also do brunches, um, morning brunches, night brunches, uh, private dinners. Um, I'm getting into the meal prep uh, phase, I guess you uh-huh. could say. Um, so it's kind of a catering company. It's Yeah, it's more of a uh-huh. catering company. Right. Um, with the pandemic and everything going um, going on and people sketchy as far as into coming out and everything i feel like you know what's the best way to satisfy as a person mm. people's hunger or t- taste buds is by delivering it to them um i know a lot of people last year really didn't want to come out because of the virus but it i, I hate it for them but it actually did good for us yeah, the, the first hour yeah our inaugural year so it you know it'll I'll get off of work and start baking cheesecakes and delivering the very next morning and heading to work that afternoon. And <laughs> so well, that's great. So you're working uh, out of the Eco Sheds Food Lab, is that right? Yes, Eco Shed. And food explain lab. to our listeners about the Eco Shed and the Food Lab there. Um, the Eco Shed Food Lab. Um, I have to give a uh, special thanks to uh, Zach out there, uh, Salam, um, Tyler. They. Um, they invited me and my family 
to uh be a part of their uh their um their company which is which is you know starting from last year it it was is is you know it's it kind of is you know it brought a lot of excitement to us because we wasn't really we was prepared for it, but it was like we wasn't really prepared like yeah. people were actually paying attention you know <laughs> yeah so, and the, don't just stop here and and talk about the eco shed in general it's a mm-hmm. building in the industrial part of Jackson that was transfer transformed into they call it a co-working space right so a lot happens there people can have desk Mm -hmm. they can have uh you know pay by the day i think or or by the month there's you know food service space there's a garden there's just a lot happening there i'm sure i'm I'm just touching on it yeah that's just a tip yeah and a a coffee house (laughs) a grocery store Right. Yeah, and so, they also have this shared kitchen space called the food lab. Yes, the, uh, that, that that independent small businesses can use for catering or prepping, or yeah. so it's a shared kitchen space. As yeah, well. and so, I, right. I know that, that Enrica has That's used pretty, it to do dinner. I mean, to do dinners. I mean, you can yes. actually cook and and have a dinner event there. Is yes. that correct? You can have a dinner event there. Uh, not just a dinner. Um, um, morning events as well too um yeah that building is uh multi-purpose for all of your needs as far as into uh if you are a uh just if you're a regular student or office worker um uh chef uh if you can think it you can do it yeah. you know out there <laughs> and it's place. just so beautiful that people who oh, can't afford yeah. to build a commercial kitchen or you know, need an office but don't want to rent expensive place. Uh, an expensive place that this is a truly a co-working space. Yes, it, um, the building, uh, the transformation of that building, first off, is is amazing <laughs> from what it used to be. Yeah. And the um, and I don't know if you've met Ray Nielsen. He was also involved in the the startup of, of that. I've met Ray. Yeah. Okay. But what a gift to Jackson. I know, right? I so <laughs> you've got one of your brunch events tonight. Is that right? This is correct. Just, I, I'm interested in what your menu might look like. I have. I can't think of my menu off the top of my head. But uh, yes, we're having our brunch uh, event tonight um, at the Eco Shed. Uh, the doors. First of all, I believe in brunch at night. Don't you, Mal? Love good breakfast or brunch. Hey, at who night. doesn't like breakfast at night? Uh, no, I don't. It's a beautiful idea. Is yeah, I, I I think it was pretty great. Uh, Zach, the uh, manager of the uh, food lab, he introduced it to me a couple of months back. Well, yeah, a couple of months back, and it was an idea that he really wanted to try to do here, um, especially on a Monday night because with the food service industry workers, we we're always working during the week, and usually our best nights would be off. Excuse me, it's on a Monday. Right. So this is the perfect time for food industry workers if they're, you know, if you're not doing anything at night, um, um, don't feel like cooking, you can always come out to, you know, enjoy brunch at night. But um, as far as into the menu tonight, um, well, yeah, the menu, I'm doing a uh, a brisket and waffle plate. I'm using uh, cornbread, making cornbread waffle. Oh, okay. With... Uh, homemade uh mac and cheese uh it's going to be smoked gouda pepper jack 
Yes, I, I will. You be know, there. The, the, our resident there. mac and cheese aficionado is. Uh, I will. I will Java. be there. What oh, time? Okay. And, and what time is your back. reservation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doors open at five. Yeah, and he'll be the there. Food service will food will be served <laughs> at six. A smoked gouda mac and cheese. Yes, yeah, smoked gouda. Ma- well, smoked gouda pepper jack mac and Pe- cheese. Oh, okay. Yes. It just sounds good. But I mean, it sounds like you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will also be doing a uh, grilled polenta and shrimp. Oh. Um, also a... You grilling the shrimp or the polenta or both? I'm doing both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing both grilled polenta and grilled shrimp with that dish. Um, it'll come with uh, toma- uh, roasted uh, tomatoes. Um, also with a uh, homestyle... Uh, Sweet chili sauce. So that's actually taking place at the Eco Shed. Yes, this is all at the Eco Shed. Now, do you make reservations or no? Uh, um, you just people just come on Monday night. Uh, this will be something that we're trying to plan to do every two weeks. So every second Monday, we're always going to try to have a brunch night. Okay. Um, yeah, but no reservations. Um, come willingly. <laughs> come on, come on. Um, plates, um, plates. You do have to purchase your plates, but the uh, yeah, the doors is open for all to come. Um, kids. What, what's the cost of a of a brunch typically? Uh, I would say low ball number. You're looking at around a eight dollar mm. item to probably as high as a seventeen or fifteen dollar item. I got you. So it's brunches are not really. Brunches are not really too expensive. Now, depending upon the type of brunches you really try to have. I know some people do like to have brunches, and they use a lot of high-end proteins and things of that nature. Um, me, I like to keep mine simple. You mm-hmm. know, um, I like to keep it simple, but also leave you with the, of you wanting really want more after that first bite, you know. Um, some I look at some brunches, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is good, but it's a little steep for my pocket on that, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... But I make it affordable and reasonable for everybody to come enjoy. So what else is going on at Michael Cordell Eats besides the cheesecakes and the and the sort of pop-up brunches, as it were? Right now, we're really just focusing on just those. Um, we're coming up with different recipes regularly. Um, we do have some other different treats coming up. Uh, we're doing something with cookies com- um, uh, soon, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, stuffed cookies, uh, brownies, um and these are all ideas of my son. So, you know, and, you know, as a father and and eating junk food with him mm-hmm. every so often when mom is asleep, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we tend to watch um, YouTube or cooking shows or things of that nature. And he loves... Uh, uh, the Master Chef competitions. Oh. So we'll sit there and watch those, and he's like, you know, what would be real cool if you, you know, they made a, oh, a waffle on one side and be a pancake on the other side. Or <laughs> I'm like, you know what, that How might old be pretty is cool. He? He's 12. He'll okay. be 13 November. But yeah, but he's he, old enough to help you. Yeah, and he actually does. See, um, and it actually works with him because with doing measurements, it helps him with his fractions and everything. So it actually does help. You know, and I advise that with a lot of parents, if, you know, your child's having problems with uh, fractions, you know, always, you know, use cooking as a tool. And that's what we end up doing with my, our son. And he enjoys it. So, you know, I'm like, so if you got a half, you know, we've got a half here and a half here, what's two right. things to make? You know, so 
he he enjoys it. He likes to see the creation of having something built, you know, from the ground up, you know, from having an ingredient here, ingredient here, ingredient here, and all of a sudden it turns into one item, you know. Yeah. Malcolm, you have a similar experience with your granddaughter, Wren, and, you know, people who think kids need to be cooked at no, you know, she loves I mean, to cook. It's a, it's a great thing. She she refers to her soups as she'll say, "Hey, Bob, I think it's time for me to make one of my famous soups." <laughs> They're already <laughs> famous to her. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's so, when awesome. do you have time to be a DJ? Oh, actually, I have time. Um, really, I you know what I. I balance it out as much as I can. Um, it's it's kind of hard, honestly. Um, DJing with well, music in general. I'm not just gonna say just DJing, but music in general has always been a a favorite of mine. It, it was it's always been therapy for me. You know, from listening to anything from from jazz to bluegrass to R and B, hip hop, you know, whatever. It's it's always therapeutic for me, and it's always been a favorite. Um, DJing well. The food actually came into it just, you know, it's it complements each other. Right. You know, you like a good dish, I'm pretty sure you like a good tune behind that dish. Or even if you're not listening to music, you make music while you're eating something real good. Mm. And just, just by humming or dancing, you just don't, you know, it just comes to you naturally. So, Well, you have, have just a fascinating career being, you know, with one of the premier food, food companies in Mississippi. That has to have really given you a good base of training and knowing how to do uh, you know, costing and all the things that are involved with, you know, with running a restaurant. So, yeah, you know, those those guys at Bravo, Jeff Good and Dan Blumenthal, they know how to run a restaurant. Yes, they do. And I can see that you're taking that to EcoShed <laughs> and the cheesecake business. Oh, yes, yes, most definitely. And um, Have they eaten at your brunch yet? They haven't eaten. Well, I was, a couple of the servers have, mm. and but not just at the brunch. Sometimes if we have time on a Sunday uh, after prepping, um, I might make something or whatnot, and and they're like, Chris, what you making? Like, what are you making? What are you making today? <laughs> like, are we eating breakfast this morning? Like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> do you work? Do you work the uh, Sunday brunch shift at Bravo? Uh, yes. So, so you actually professionally prepare brunch for Bravo on Sunday morning, and yes. then you do your own Monday do your night yes brunch thing. Uh, so, as so well. you are back on the? Are you on the line? Yes, I am on the line. Um, well, I'm gonna wave at you because I'm a big customer of the takeout window. I will be there because yeah. because most of it's and and I'm also a a, a a shift leader as well too on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. So if you were to come in on the Wednesday, so you get to look, kind of shine your star on Wednesdays. Yeah, you know, I can you know, I put you know pick my head up a little bit, you know, kind of glow a little bit, you know. But you know, I'm I'm mostly there all week. So if you're not able to see me out and about or order anything offline, you can always come in. More than likely, I'll be prepping and cooking your food. <laughs> Where can our listeners find you on the internet uh, or learn more about what you're up to? Do you have a website and a yes, you can place they can visit? Go to michaelcordelleats.com. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and also Instagram at Michael Cordell Eats. Um, yeah, then we're 
pretty much right now there. You're out there. <laughs> now, Java, you know a little bit about DJing and food mixing of the music and the food. You do quite a bit of that, do you not? Yeah, I'm I'm not as um, professional as Chris, and that's why I'm glad to have him in here this morning because, you know, uh, I've been knowing DJ Break-Em-Off. <laughs> DJ Break-Em-Off for, in for, the house. For quite, for quite a while, and then when I heard about the food and saw, you know, the things that he was doing at such a high level, I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, because every, every time we would get together, it's always on some music. Mm-hmm. So when he started, you know, like like I say, started doing with the food and throwing his own events and stuff like that, I was like, man, what is who is this person? <laughs> and now we know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So so he mixes and cooks, and you mix and eat. Yeah, and we've we've talked a little bit about some events that may come where you can combine the music and the food just a little just a little bit more. Most definitely, most definitely. That's great. Well, Chris, man, we we appreciate you coming and being on the show, and and very excited about what you got going on. Particularly this part about working with your family and your yes. and your son. That's that's unique and important. Yes, it is. It is, and I really appreciate you all bringing me in and letting me talk about. Yeah. Business. yeah, man, we, we're glad to have you. We wish you well and remind our listeners one more time where they can find you on the Internet. All right. That is Michael Cordell Eats. That is M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-R-D-E-L-L-E-A-T-S. And that's also, you know, Michael Cordell Eats dot com. Michael Cordell Eats on Facebook and Michael Cordell Eats on Instagram. Thank you, my friend. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Stink Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Thanks. Our show is produced by Java Chapman for my co-host, Carol Puckett, and our guest today, Chris Washington from Michael Cordell Eats, and our great friend, Chef Enrica Williams. I'm Malcolm White.